With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Another week, another awesome guest. This week also brings another cricket review. And how poignant it is that this same week as England bid to become the first dual holders of both cricket World Cups. We'll get onto that towards the end of this episode. But before that, I get to speak to Hampshire's main man about his career to date about his experience at the 100, about the late great Shane Warne, and about much, much more. Mason Crane has been a stalwart in the Hampshire side for a number of years now and led them to T20 glory in this summer. And so for now, all I can say is welcome Mason Crane. Good afternoon, Mason. Thank you so much for giving up some time to come chat to us. Um, well, let's start with you. How are you? Yeah, very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. No, not at all, mate. So, obviously, you're quite a, a big name for all those cricket fans out there. But so what I want to do is I sort of want to start pretty current. Pretty, so, you just finished your 2022 season with Hampshire. Do you want to talk to us a little bit about that, how it went? So obviously, a lot of success in the domestic trophies in the T20 Blast in particular. So, do you have a good season? Um, yeah, I guess a successful season. Um I guess the aim for every squad is at the end of it, you know, come away with some trophies. And, um, you know, this year we, we managed to go all the way in the, in the T20 competition, which was awesome. Um, it's the amazing like sort of journey to get there. And then the day itself, um, that amazing final things like that. But, um, we also right up there in the championship as well, which was pretty cool. So, um, yeah, pretty proud of, I guess, how the, how it all developed and what we came away with at the end. Obviously, looking back at that final, it was quite the dramatic finish. Sort of from your perspective, can you just talk me through a little bit of what went through your head as that all sort of happened? Um, yeah, it was obviously a bit of chaos towards the end. and um, It was a tight game anyway, really. It was probably, without all the drama at the end, it was still a very, very good game and um, probably one of the better finals we'll get just because it was, it was close and it was sort of uh, going both directions. And... Um, 
you know gets the last over and, and it's all it's all sort of in the balance and um yeah i guess we won it twice really we, we obviously had the, the whole celebrations and the fireworks and um all that stuff it was, it was amazing the first time and then um so i had to come back down to earth pretty quickly when the no ball was put up on the screen and um yeah had to somehow get our heads around having to do it all over again really um i guess it's, it's real credit to uh, Nathan, obviously, who was bowling, and, and Vincey as well, um, obviously captain the side that they could sort of um, calm everyone down and then yeah, pluck it out of the bag again. You're really, it was um, yeah, it was, it was amazing, really, and I guess almost better that we um, had a dress rehearsal and got to do it all over again. You talk about sort of trying to get your head around it. Was there anything in particular that you sort of obviously adrenaline jubilation was all pumping through the veins was it sort of a bit of oh god what happens now if that he did get it for four or had lost it or was it sort of were you still confident that you get the job done yeah I guess your first thought is like oh my god man, we've just we've just won it and now it's like been taken away from us and um you know the way these things work like the momentum just shifts and goes and you just think well they're obviously gonna win now you know that's um it's gone from you know we're definitely winning this game to oh they need two like you know it, we, we can easily lose that. So, um, yeah, in that moment, I guess it felt like everything had sort of been taken away. And, um, you know, like I said, that's why it, was, it was so good from um, sort of Vincey and Nathan to to do it all over again and um, win for the second time because the pressure was just so high after that. And, you know, you do think things like, oh, how embarrassing, like we've literally just won, celebrated like we've won, and now we're going to have to, like, go and shake hands like we've lost. Um <laughs> you know, pretty, pretty, um, a pretty tough thought to think about really, but yeah, obviously like getting, getting it again, that was, that was pretty awesome. And obviously, as we mentioned, it was one of Hampshire's most successful seasons full stop in the recent future. So looking forward to next year, is that something that you think you guys are capable of carrying on with and going again, competing on all three fronts? I think so. Yeah. Cause we've got the same team again. So, um, we're very lucky that we've got, we've probably got a bigger squad than most teams in that, we've got more players sort of just play one format than others. Uh, so we've got a lot of guys always fresh for championship cricket. Um, a lot of like um, people who, who spend a lot more time on their, on their T20 games. So it's, um, it works pretty well in that sense. And then they pick the guys that do both, you know, they're sort of always being, the energy's always being carried by the guys that that's their, that's their one format. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm really confident and um, underlying all that, I guess, is what was really pleasing um, was a 50 over competition this year and we had so many young guys playing and they all did so well um, you know they were absolutely brilliant so um, you know you just know as well a couple of injuries or something it's not really going to halt us because we got some uh, really exciting youngsters to come in and you know they're covering all bases as well so um, you know, not only next year looks bright but beyond that as well. No, I think it's a very positive time to be part of the club um, but obviously one of the other big things in English cricket at the moment is the last two seasons of the 100 and obviously you've got your You've been playing London Spirit. From your perspective, has it have you enjoyed playing in it? Because obviously it's received a lot of criticism, but also a lot of success. Yeah, I have really enjoyed it. Yeah, it's it's been brilliant. It was, it's it's been much better than I was expecting as well. Um, didn't really know what to expect to start with, but I was pretty confident that it wouldn't be like you know packed out stadiums and that sort of thing. Um, you know, the first year I sort of couldn't believe that it had sort of taken off so quickly. And it was so big, and you know, I had I've got people I know that um, 
aren't into cricket they don't watch cricket you know they're sort of they're getting in touch with me and saying oh this is actually pretty good and i'm enjoying this and all that sort of stuff and you know i guess that's what the game's about isn't it? it's engaging those people that you know, they aren't already fans um you know it is it's a cool tournament it's done really well um obviously market the thing really well and and at the games that are they're really fun and they're, they're great to be a part of and um a lot of goods come out of the 100 to be honest i think you know for all the criticism it does receive there's a lot of good things you can say from it um you know that there, there's more kids at that than any other game i sit i play in and um i guess the engagement around them has, has been awesome and it's been really good for the women's game as well um uh, see all the double headers and stuff so um it's been real like privilege to play and it's been a a really fun tournament and i think that will continue why do you think that is? Do you think that's just down to the sheer amount of money that's been chucked at it? Or do you think that people are actually really buying into this format and enjoying how quick it is? I, I certainly think there's an element of both. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of, obviously there has been a lot thrown at this tournament, you can <laughs> tell. Um, but to be fair, you know, you, you, you get what you pay for in these sort of things. You know, um, you're not going to be, you know, you're not going to be able to, um, you're not going to be able to create a, a massive global tournament if, you know you're not you're not spending so much on it so you, know, you have to go out of your way with stuff like that but what i would also say is um that the format and stuff if you're getting into cricket for the first time it's just so easy to understand you know all the questions that you would normally want to ask someone like what 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 are they doing there why are they doing that it's sort of answered for you by the format you know uh, why do they change ends well they don't you know don't so much and you know, why is it six instead of like around five well, it's five you know it's, it's things like that it's just so much um easier for someone who's not grown up around cricket to to get involved with and I, you know couple those two things together and you've got a pretty good product i think and as a player actually playing that format have you found that there was much that you had changed about your game or was it very sort of small change obviously um i think when we first started uh, at the start of last year we had a bit of a chat like you know what has anyone played one of these games before? What do you reckon sort of thing? And there was a lot of theory around, you know, 10 balls in a row, all, all that sort of stuff. But I've got to say, it, it doesn't really seem to make too much difference from a cricket point of view. Um, it just maybe just feels slightly more like it's every every ball could be anything. Um, you know, there's less sort of, a, I get, you know, there is sort of slightly less time, but slightly less of a build up towards someone trying to play a big shot. It's just, you know, it's going to come any minute now. And, um, as a player, to be honest, it it doesn't really um, didn't take as much adjusting as I thought it was going to, and um, yeah, the, the rules and stuff. It sort of yeah it makes sense, you know. A lot, a lot of it really it's it's pretty self explanatory when you're out there, and it you know you don't really notice the difference. To be honest. And so, by the sounds that you think it's got a future, has it got the potential to be able to go and compete with the likes of the Big Bash, the IPL, and the Pakistani Super League, etc.? I think so, yeah, and I, and I think it being obviously a slightly different format i think that, that probably helps um in the sense that you know that that's just it's something else sort of unique and interesting to look at um i know in the big bash they've tried like obviously having the power play in the middle and um subbing a player in and all that stuff but you know i guess if you're going to make tweaks like that which are going to massively impact the game you may as well go whole hog and and have a different format um you know i think it's good because i think yeah, this the way that the cities are based and we obviously have great cricket following in England and um around the world as well they'll be very interested around the hundred and, and what England's doing and stuff so you know I think there's a future in it certainly um and it, it'd be exciting to see it grow and I mean even you know this year 
these two years from nothing to get to where it is now is, is an amazing growth really and um yeah i don't think many leagues have probably gone from nothing to this sort of level of support and one conversation that definitely sort of came hand in hand with 100 was the discussion about the demand on players and the schedule and how compact it is do you have any thoughts on that the fact that there's obviously now the t20 blast county championship the one day cup and the 100 all played in the space of what three and a half months four months yeah, I, I think I think it's a it's a problem that obviously the the amount of cricket that's played. I think two things are stand out for me. The first thing is a lot more people are twelve months of the year now. Yeah. Um, but if you you know, think back, you know, ten years, you know, pretty much everyone in county cricket, unless you're playing for England, you um, like 10, 15 years ago, you get six months off, so it doesn't matter. You know, you can you can play as much as you want. Um, because you get a whole six months off to get over it. But, you know, now you've got guys playing here and they've got to go straight to a, a tournament. Then they've got to play, you know, maybe they've got England in the middle of that, another tournament, another tournament, back for their county again. It becomes a lot. Um, the irony of it is, I think, in my opinion, so from, from what I see at Hampshire, is just as we're getting to this sort of breaking point, um, we're reaching a time where more and more players are just playing one format. Yeah. So if you start cutting it all down, um, actually you're going to get guys not doing so much in the summer. You know, if you get just white ball guys, if you cut down 14 T20 games, well, suddenly they're they're just here for 10 days a year, really. Um, you know, same for like you know a lot of the four day team. You know, I think you probably look at six or seven in our team. 14 games is a lot of championship games, but that's all they do. You know, that's all they have to. You know, and if they have to rest in the 50 over competition, they can do that. But. Um, yeah, I think I think we're we're approaching that point now. Is more and more players just doing one or the other, um, and I think that leads concerns anyway. And on a personal note, for you, is that something that's definitely in the mind that you're starting now focus more on white ball cricket than red ball? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say so. Um, obviously, didn't play very much red ball cricket this year, but you know that can happen. Um, you know, it's it's going to be tough to play fourteen games a year in England as a as a leg spinner, you know, I, I'm, I'm not sure <laughs> I can understand that, but, um, you know, I don't, I certainly don't want to give up or anything. I, I, you know, really enjoy sort of bowling in Red Bull cricket and playing it. So, um, yeah, you know, obviously pretty keen to keep going with it and stuff, but th- there's a lot of things that are sadly out of my control when it comes to that, um, weather and conditions and the state of the table, sadly all come into it, you know, um, it always gets to a point in a year where someone needs a win somewhere. So you end up on a, a pretty dicey wicket and I don't get a game. So, um, yeah, obviously I understand that sort of stuff, but, you know, pretty keen to to keep going with it and, and do my best. If you were to have a favourite format and the one which you'd put ahead of the others, is that going to be leaning towards the white ball stuff? Um, maybe just because I play more of it, but yeah. they're all good for their own reasons. You know, like the, the T20 is obviously fun because... Um, it's exciting. They're obviously coming at you, and you're sort of def- on the de- uh, you're defending all the times. You know that's a so that's that's a sort of different challenge. And and obviously four day cricket's pretty cool when you're trying to bowl a team out and there's rough and you're maybe around the wicket and stuff. It's a nice sort of different sort of challenge. And um, you know then you've got you know a fifty over. I haven't played a fifty over game for a couple of years now, but um, fifty over cricket's great because you kind of have to mix the two a bit. You know, mm. um, so I, I, they're, they're all great for their own. Um, sort of their own reasons. Um, you know, I wouldn't really want to give one up because I, I really enjoy doing all of them. But um, yeah, they certainly got their own qualities. Looking at your career personally, you obviously played for England in the Test match. You played for England in the T20s. 
Um, we'll start with that test match. Obviously, you lived the, the dream of what every young cricketer does growing up. You played an Ashes test down under. Can you just talk to me a little bit about sort of that process? And obviously, you went, didn't play in the first four tests. Did you think that perhaps you were going to go and not play? Or did you always, always have an inkling that you probably would get a shout at some point? Um, I, I think, I think, look, I, was, I, I probably expected not to play, um, but I wasn't going to like let that stop me, if you know what I mean. Uh, like I, I probably knew I wasn't really there to to play all five games, but um, I think as any young player, you sort of rock up and you think, no, I'm going to force myself way into this team. And um, so I remember like I, I bowled loads and loads and loads of nets. And I tried really hard to get inside. And there were a couple of times I did think maybe I was going to get a go earlier than that. Um, Moen had a few sort of injury niggles throughout the throughout the series, and you know there were a couple of times where I, I felt like maybe I was I was quite close to getting a game, but. Um, you know, just being there was an, such an amazing experience, and um, obviously around great players. It, you know, on both teams, it was amazing to watch. Sort of and a, a down under Ashes series, you know, best seat in the house really. And then obviously to take part in the last game it was a real shame that it wasn't. You know, like to win the Ashes or something. But um, yeah, amazing memories, and I'm obviously really proud of that. And um, you know, such a sort of like you say, such a, a dream really for for everyone to, to get a go like that, you know, it does make you sort of want to get back there and play more, but um, yeah, you know, obviously I'm very happy with the, to have that sort of memory and have that, that sort of um, thing to look back on. It was just awesome. After that, you've been on more tours since then as a reserve or as a net bowler. Is that something that you enjoy and you think you learn a lot from, or it's times you think, oh, I could be back home playing more cricket or playing cricket somewhere else rather than just carrying the drinks and bowling the nets? Um, I, I always think it's it's really cool. Um, I always really enjoy it. Um, you know, like test cricket is like you know, it's it's, it's awesome and it's a, it's the top of our sport. Um, and so to be somewhat involved in a test series or a test team and seeing how it works and and all that stuff, it's I, I always think it's awesome. You know, um, it could be much worse than you know, sort of missing a winter and going somewhere hot to sort of yeah. bowl in the nets and be ready maybe if someone goes down or whatever that it could be much worse than that so um i understand the sort of the frustration a lot of guys are, they end up on a lot of those tours not playing and stuff like that um but i guess you know as long as it doesn't happen forever and you're trusting that at some point you know you are gonna you're gonna get on the field um i've always really enjoyed it you know it's it's awesome being around the best players in the world uh, and getting to see them do their thing getting to talk to them you know obviously um bowl at them in the nets and, and sort of try and pick their brains and improve. And I, I always really enjoy that sort of stuff. So um yeah, obviously I've been to Australia last winter and, and Sri Lanka and India the year before. Um and I just thought both trips were great. Um it's a real shame sort of the circumstances it was under, you know, obviously being stuck in COVID yeah. bubbles and stuff, but um and it did present that opportunity, I guess, for for um a lot of the guys next in to sort of be around and see what it's all about. How did you find sort of touring with the COVID bubble? Because obviously a lot of people saw in the UK how it was dealt with playing at grounds like the Gears or Old Trafford where they had the hotel on site, but going abroad, it must have been a whole different, like a whole different ball game. Yeah, it was tricky. It was, um, yeah, there was a lot like, you know, a lot of, of, of rings to step through and um, a lot of it was getting used to another country's sort of rules. Um, we obviously have our own, but we've created them. They're not sort of the... Um, you know, they're not sort of the universally 
acknowledged rules. So a lot of, a lot of, you know, went to Sri Lanka, they're a lot more strict, for example, and, and India. And, um, you know, you really notice it, I guess, at the grounds um, when it's like training days and, and, and match days when it's kind of a bit eerie and there's sort of no one around. That's when you really notice it. Um, in the hotels and stuff, it's, it, it, to be honest, it didn't really make that much difference apart from you obviously couldn't go out, but um, you obviously still had each other and you had the, the rooms and the pool and all that stuff. So um, that was all kind of fine. It, it does drag though, you know, and I, the guys that have done sort of the whole trip and, and more and then the extra series on top of that and all that stuff. And you know, I can see how that would be awful for them. It'd be so tough. Um, yeah. So you don't, you don't really get to see anyone else. Uh, tough to take families with you because they'd have to be there the whole time and, and getting them in there would be a, a problem. And, um, but yeah, you know, the quarantine was a tough bit, really. Obviously, completely stuck on your own in a different country, different time zone, um, trying to somehow stay sane and um, stay active, doing something. But um, yeah, hopefully that all, that all that stuff's kind of done now, and we can move past that. I said, hopefully it is behind us. But obviously, there was a lot in the news at the time about player mental health, player well-being. And obviously, there's been a few stories which come out. Do you think there was enough personally done for? Was a few and the boys around you looking after you mentally enough because obviously it is such a grueling situation to be in. Um, when it's like you know, it's a tough one because I think you know enough done for us. Well, really, I mean the the only way you could fix it really was to to change the rules. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not really. I think it was so sort of um, unprecedented. Really, like no one really knew what what was going to happen how people are going to cope with it there was no there was no way of knowing really um you know you go to australia for example and i think i think it was maybe uh three days or something we were locked in the room well that wasn't too bad because you're so jet lagged anyway it didn't matter yeah uh, you know so that those three days flew by anyway so that was okay and then obviously india and sri lanka we had to do six days from sri lanka to india and that was really tough because that was six full days and, you know, no jet lag, absolutely fine. You know, that, I found that one really tough. And um, again, a, apart from getting you out of the room, really, I'm not really sure what can be done. Um, it is straining. It is taxing. Really tough. Um, you know, and some I can absolutely see how some guys really struggle with it because it, it, you know, it, it wasn't easy. But, um, you know, I, I what else could they do really? Um, you know, they check in on you, they call on you and you obviously speak to each other a lot. Um, a lot of zoom calls and stuff, but you know, aside from getting you out of the room, I'm not really sure what you can do. No, fair enough. Well, hopefully, as you said, that's all hopefully behind us. Um, more on a personal again. So obviously you've spoken about that, that test match in Australia, you've been on a few tours for you. Is that still the goal to get back out onto that pitch for England, represent them, especially in test match cricket? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, for me, I, I've always said I, I, I want to play for England. Um, I'm not necessarily um, fast about in what colour shirt and what format it is. You know, I, I'd, I'd love to get out there and play for England. And you know, I realise what I've, what I've got to do to get to that point. Um, you know, Test cricket was and is awesome. Um, it's an amazing format. And at the moment, you know, this summer, you can say it's unbelievably exciting as well. And you look at that team and you go, that's the sort of team I want to be playing for. Mm. um you know that that looks fun that looks enjoyable and putting smiles on a lot of people's faces and not least the players you know they they all just you know look like they had so much fun this year so um yeah I guess England in any form that's the goal but um yeah a, a bit of a way to go 
feel free not on. I don't want to cause any. Do you think there's a bit of a prejudice against leg spinners in the England Test team? Obviously, I, I know I'm not the only one, and lots of fans have spoken about this. But yourself, Matt Parkinson, have both had incredible seasons and should have been there or thereabouts. But again, it seems to be that not necessarily they're p- picking a lesser spinner, but they're potentially picking the more sort of economical and less dangerous in a lot sort of conceding run sort of way. I feel like after, I mean, Adil Rashid was back in the team for what, a year and a half maximum. And since then, there's been two or three leg spinners who have all been good enough, arguably, but just haven't seemed to go anywhere near the team. Yes, yeah, it's, it's an interesting it's an interesting one because you've got, um, you know, the way four day, the way your, well, Red Bull cricket works, it kind of doesn't really, unless you're, you know, an absolute jet, it doesn't really lend itself to, to wrist spin. Um, you know, there are certainly times where, you know, a wrist spinner absolutely can do what what a lot of other bowlers can't, you know, and, uh, towards the end of a game or on a flat wicket or something, they can offer something else. But, um, you know, to be honest, I think the sad truth is in England, that sort of period doesn't come along all that often. Um, and, you know, a, a lot of finger spinners can are very effective as well in the, in those conditions. Um the other thing, I guess, with with four day cricket and Red Bull cricket in general, is it's a it's a sort of uh, natural variation game. You know, if you land um, sixty balls in the same spot as a finger spinner, you know the odd one might spin, the odd one might not. Um, it's really hard to play. Uh, they don't, you know, a bit of a general thing here, but you know, you don't have to move the ball a long way. Because you know you're not trying to like miss the bat and make them face a dot ball. You're trying to move it a little bit and, and hit the edge. Whereas a leg spinner, you know, it'd be tougher to land those sixty balls in the right place. You're likely to go for more runs. And the one that does spin a bit is probably going to miss the edge um, as opposed to to catch it. And that's probably why in T20 it's a bit uh, leg spinners are um, generally more effective because you're, you're quite you're trying to make them miss the ball, trying to make it miss the middle of the bat. Um, they're playing attacking shots. You know, you want dot balls that they'll bring wickets. Whereas in four-day cricket and, and test cricket, um, you know, you, you need to catch the edge or you need that slight bit more movement here and there and, and being more accurate helps that. So I can see why, you know, finger spinners obviously play a lot more and do a lot more in, in four-day cricket. But, um, you know, there are certainly times when leg spin is very useful. Um, and again, you know, England obviously play half their games in England in English conditions. So, if a spinner's bowling well here, it's, you know, it's easy to keep them going overseas and stuff. Um, you could look worldwide. There's not actually that many leg spinners playing test cricket anymore. Um, you know, it all seems to be finger spinners bowling reasonably quickly and, and bowling a lot of dot balls and, and controlling for, for the seamers at the other end. Um, you know, even, I guess, you know, in India, they, they play two finger spinners. They don't play a wrist spinner, so... I don't think it's really an England problem. I think it's sort of a, a world thing, really. You know, um, it's quite rare, really, that you get a really good um, a leg spinner or someone do really well for a long time in 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 rugby cricket. I was just thinking, obviously, the squad in Pakistan in recent in a country where Yasser Shah has dominated as a spinner. A spinner. So it's weird that we've taken one frontline spinner and then two people who are sort of batting around as we bowl a bit of spin. And Liam Livingston obviously is a leg spinner. But he also was spinners, and he's to say he's an all-rounder in a test match. I'd say is a push in Red Bull cricket. If I'm being really honest, and then Will, Will Jackson was the other one. But in a country where, as I said, Yasser Shah has been or was the frontline spinner for so long, it seems silly when we've got leg spinners who have been pushed making a claim for the last two and a half years not to be put on the plane or at least in the squad. 
yeah, uh, you know, I, I, I saw a Rob Key interview sort of explaining how up until day five, it doesn't really matter anyway, uh, because the, the wickets are so flat there. Um, I can see it and I can understand it. I, I, I personally, from obviously from a leg spinner's point of view, you know, I want to, I want to watch the leg spinner bowl and, and exactly. I think Pakistan's a great chance for that to happen, but, um, you know, I'm sure they've sort of, uh, done their research and stuff on how the games tend to develop there and uh, do you know what if it's so flat for four days that it doesn't matter then you you know you may as well sort of bowl for dot balls and try and control the run rate and, and see how you go that way um, but yeah we'll see I mean you know, it, you know you don't really know and I guess with these things they can always add players to the squad if they want to um, but yeah obviously as a, as a leg spinner it's a shame that there's not one in there um, on a tour like this because you know you would look at all the tours that England are going to go on this is the um, one. Yeah, Pakistan, India, Sri Lanka, West Indies, you know, they're the ones you, you think, well, that's your that's your one to go on. You know, they're the ones you've got to look out for. Yeah, I think from a fan's perspective, I've read a lot of things. I think it's a shame there wasn't one. There's nothing in the final 11. The fact there wasn't one in the squad was a massive thing highlighted. Um, and I mean, I'm sure we'll be proved, or hopefully we'll be proven wrong and England will go get a whitewash, but time time will tell. So obviously we've talked a little bit about your Ashes debut, but obviously you also made your T20 debut against South Africa and in that team and your first T20 wicket was Avery de Villiers. Can you just give us a little bit of insight like what it's like trying to bowl to, I mean, there are so many players like him now, but who can hit the ball in every direction? I mean, it must be pretty pretty tough. Yeah. Um, I, I've, <laughs> yeah. Obviously I've bowled him, I think three or four times now. Um, and I, yeah, he's just one of those amazing players where um, it all looks a bit easy. And um, you sort of feel that bowling at him. And it's quite intimidating, really, because you sort of stood there going, well, whatever I sort of serve up, wherever I put it, you know, he's going to have an answer. Um, and the big thing for me about someone like De Villiers would just be like, he, you could bowl a really, really good ball. I'm, I'm so happy with that. Like, what can you possibly... And he'll find a way of hitting it for one, at least. You know, and it'll be like, it won't just be, oh, he's settled for a one. It'll, it'll be one that maybe could be a two um you know it, it, it incredibly just didn't really look like facing any dot balls um and then like I say no he can, he can flick a switch and, and hit you out the ground wherever he wants to um and he did really at Cardiff in the, the second game I played in he did <laughs> he and it was a bit like you know what well what should we to do you know the boundaries are pretty small um he clears them by miles you know it's he's a tough guy to bowl at so um yeah, he's, he's pretty intimidating to bowl at, and it's but it's pretty fun, you know. You bowl at the, those sorts of guys. That's again, that's all part of it. It's great. It's a great fun, and um, it's a challenge. You know, you, you know when you get that challenge so often, where you know someone's completely got the um, the whole game to combat anything. They're really cool. So um, yeah, pretty enjoyable experience in the end. And obviously, as we I mean, we spoke about a lot already, leg spin is not a dying art, but it's definitely I'd say the hardest skill to perfect in cricket. Um, I know, obviously, you've spoken a bit about how big an influence Shane Warne was on your career. Just can you tell us a little bit about it? So, obviously, did you work with him with London Spirit in your first season? So, yeah. tell us a little bit about him. Because, obviously, a great man who world of cricket has lost in the last 12 months. Yeah, no, um, Warne was awesome. And, um, you know, like I said, he was my hero growing up. And, you know, um, massive fan of everything he did. And I loved watching him bowl, loved the way he went about it. And, um, you know, meeting him... Was certainly no disappointment. You know, as I've said before, you know, he, he was everything I could have asked him to be. Really, um, he was an incredibly sort of kind man. He's um, amazingly generous with his time and his knowledge, and he loved it. You know, most importantly, 
the, the biggest thing for me I took away from him was how much he just loved it. He loved the game. He loved bowling. He loved learning. Um, you know, he'd, he'd be trying to learn still now. You know, he'd been retired for 10 years and he's trying to um, learn what everyone's up to and how they're getting there. And um, yeah, he's desperate to win. Absolutely. You know, he's a born winner. There's no doubt about that. And, um, you know, he's competitive. He was just, he was just brilliant. Um, but at the end of it, you know, he's a, He's a, he's a really amazing guy and um you know i can say like everyone else who spent some time with him really that i'm very lucky to have had that time um you know he was the best to ever do it um and he's a, he's the best player that's ever played this game i think um yeah and he, and he just he just showed you know he's just such an amazing um you could tell he had such an amazing cricket brain but he just he just loved it that's the biggest thing i took from him was that he really enjoyed coming in every day enjoyed coming to the ground, being around everyone, um, trying to sort of, you know, improve and, and, and share his knowledge. Um, yeah, just incredible. Well, just before we finish, um, obviously when people listen to this, the World Cup final will be tomorrow. We've got two semi-finals coming up this week. What are your, are you hopeful that England will get to the final and get it, get it done? Or do you think that potentially one of India, Pakistan or New Zealand, are that little bit better? Yeah, I, I think whoever wins uh, England's game will win. Um, I think that I think in England and India are two best teams. Um, so India have been amazing, like you know, the, the Syracuse Yadav is just an absolute joy to watch, and Kohli's at his best. So I wouldn't want to be writing them off, but um, you know, England are England are pretty formidable to be honest. I think you look at that lineup, and you know, I'm pretty lucky to have seen a, a fair amount of, of that 11 um, and beyond, you know, the guys who aren't playing. So you know, it's, it's two amazing teams, and um. Yeah, hopefully England, uh, England are in the final and and and, uh, and winning it, and then you, they can say they've got the double. Um, but yeah, I, th- I think whoever wins that game will win it. Um, if if Butler gets going, then I think England, uh, England are going to win. I think that if is crucial. I don't know from from my perspective. I feel like England haven't bothered New Zealand game. Probably haven't quite clicked. Haven't quite hit top gear this whole World Cup. Um, I think with Milan out as well, there's that risk that with. Brooke and Livingston both not really firing as well. That middle order looks quite weak. With, I think, the reports are Milan's not going to be fit for the semi-final. Do you think it's a straight swap with Phil Salt? Or do you think there's a bit of a rejig with an extra bowler? Yeah, I think it probably will be um, straight swap. But, um, you know, they've got a lot of bowling options. You know, when you think you've got, well, you've got th- three and a half spinners, really, when, when you think Livingston bowls both. Um, and then you've got um, all the seamers that have done really well. Sam Curran's been brilliant. Um, Mark Wood bowls a speed of light. Um, so you know, there's there's loads of options there. Um, yeah, I, I, like you said, Livingston and Brooke haven't quite got going, but that's why I think one of them will come off. Um, you know, I think Harry Brooks an absolutely amazing player, and we're going to be watching him for quite a long time, to be honest. And spent quite a lot of time with him last winter, and um, yeah, he, he's pretty special, I think. So if him and Livingston get going, and um, like I said, Butler, and then those two, um, yeah, England will be be tough to stop. Um, like I say, with indeed get Coley out early and, and cause some panic, and you never know. And here, out of the other semi final, who do you think is going to be in the final? Consistent New Zealand, or if Babar and I think, I think New Zealand, players? yeah, I, th- I think New Zealand, I, I think they've just got a bit more. Um, perhaps it's a tough one because you know, like Pakistan, you know, Shaheen could just take four in a row, and um, next thing you know, you know, slam open the door. And you know, like I said, um, Babar and Rizwan at the top as well, they're. They're two pretty awesome players that um, you've got to get through. Um, 
but yeah, no, that I mean, four amazing teams is it, you know, must be said that, um, you know, there, there's some pretty awesome, awesome players around at the moment in T20 cricket, and uh, it's going to be pretty fun to watch, I think. All right, so England or India, if you had to pick one right now, England, yeah. Nice, right. So we'll blame you if we lose on Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah, I jinxed it. <laughs> yeah. um, Mason, thank you so much. That's awesome. Um, it was really fun to chat about. I mean, sort of everything. We covered quite a lot there in quite a short period of time. But um, yeah, thank you very much for giving up your time. Awesome. Thank you very much. No worries, mate. Thank you. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.